Y'all ever had a, a really nice meal and you're full? You know that feeling? Like, I don't think I can eat no more. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel right now. I've been very blessed by all this. And if you're not blessed, it's not my fault. <laughs> you can blame somebody else. Blame your wife. That's what the Adam did, right? It's that woman you gave me, Lord. Or you can blame your husband. Amen. So, um, yeah, amen. Blame that husband. <laughs> it's probably his fault anyway. Right, Becky? Well, that was really wonderful, the kids. My grand, uh, we had to go to a wedding Friday, so we missed. That was just, you know, I wanted to be at the wedding. It was Judah Bollinger. He's a married man now. Isn't that something? It's crazy, man. I remember when he was born. He was a real colicky baby. Because <laughs> Matthew and Sarah used to just drive me nuts with their complaining about him. <laughs> we don't get no sleep. <laughs> but anyway, he's married. It was really a beautiful wedding, and I was really thankful to get to go, even though the drive down there was a little rough. Don't go down I-85 South very far if you want to stay alive. <laughs> That's the way it felt. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make it down there. I'm going to die. Uh, Anyways, but really, but Hannah Joy, my granddaughter, was one of the kids that got baptized. And uh, so we were sorry we missed it. But I did say we got to have a video of, the, of her being baptized. And so they sent us a be, uh, video. And it was just precious, really, uh, what the Lord was doing with the children. Isn't it precious? And I just love all of that. And I think that's such an important part of the church. I remember when we got this this property here, someone suggested that we put a cemetery on the property. I thought, cemetery? Seriously? Cemetery? Uh, but uh, I realized since then, of course, the city wouldn't let us do that nowadays, but used to be, you know, there's lots of churches have cemeteries. Is the calling of the local church is from cradle to grave. It really is. It's from cradle to grave, and which is really, uh, the cradle part is a little better, right, <laughs> than the grave part. But we get to do all of it. You know, we get to enjoy the beauty of the children and the young people. And then we have crowns of glory that take care of the older people. It's just really, I'm just saying, all that stuff's important to the Lord. You know, every age is important to the Lord. It really is. And I'm just thankful for people who have a heart for the different uh, generations and different ages. All of us, you know, everybody's important and everybody is treasured. And I love that what Joe did. Joe's not in here. Let me just tell you the little thing on Joe is this. Years ago, Joe, I took a picture of Joe when he was under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he was blasted by the Holy Spirit. And I carried that picture around in my phone. And whenever Joe would start acting bad, I would say, where's this guy, Joe? <laughs> I literally did that to him for years. I don't, so there was moments he did not appreciate it. You know, when you're in a bad, really a bad place and some, some jack leg, you know, acts smart to you like that. <laughs> so I quit doing it to him, but I thought that was really great what he asked us to do. Is when we get in a bad place, just remember that we're treasured. That's so important. Amen. And thank you, Robin, for sharing those words. Like Robin said, he's uh, doing a sabbatical and, you know, just from Queen City Church in Charlotte. So that's a really great church uh, that Robin has been pastoring for, what, how many years? Eleven years. Wow, that's pretty good. Amen. So I'm going to give this message. Y'all ready? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to listen. What I'm talking to you, I've been talking to you a few weeks here and there. Uh, and just in case you've been coming and hearing, I've been doing these messages on the kingdom of God, and it's 
seems kind of random to you, like it's, nothing's in order, it's just the way it is, okay? Because I'm just a random thinking person. I wish I could go through, you know, the Bible like some people can. They can just go through and, you know, give like three messages, three Sundays in a row and give this series of messages, and it's all logical and following in a logical order, but that is not the way things work out in my life. I never really thought about doing more than one message on the King, uh, but so the more I think about it, the more stuff the Lord speaks to me. So that's my excuse. What's your excuse? <laughs> All right, this verse here is a very famous verse, six, Matthew 16, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's probably one of the more famous, that's like Psalm 23, like everybody, everybody in the world probably knows that verse, but it's really a powerful verse. I don't know about you, but for me, for many, many, many years of my life, the, when, whenever I heard that term kingdom of God or any thought about the kingdom, it, it was just, it, I didn't really, and I could engage with it in my mind, the kingdom of God, but I, I seemed to have difficulties connecting with what that really meant practically in my life. I just couldn't, it was like I had no revelation and no insight on what the kingdom of God was really about. I mean, I could define it, right? The kingdom means the king's domain. It's where, where the king is in charge. And, but, but it just, you know, I couldn't, because the way I was trying to, to get it was not working. I really began to pray and ask the Lord to speak to me and about the kingdom. And here's the way he began to speak to me. I'll never forget it. It was one morning I was, I was actually on, on vacation and I was reading in John chapter 3, where Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. And he said, to, he said to Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom. That's what he said to him. And I was looking at it thinking, in my mind, I was fixing to say, I, I'm, not get, I'm born again, but I'm not, I'm, in my mind, I'm not seeing the kingdom. And just before I actually verbalized that as a prayer to the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And this is what he said to me. He said, you're not seeing it, are you, Byron? Duh. <laughs> Don't you love it when the Lord speaks to you? And then he said, I'm going, I said, no, Lord, I'm not seeing it. He said, I'm going to teach you how to see the kingdom of God. And this is one of those times in life that where when the Lord spoke to me, within 30 minutes, he began to confirm that word he gave to me. He began to began to show me. He began to give me, uh, he began to bring people into my life that helped me see the kingdom of God. Uh, and so I've been really thankful and blessed in my life to have people who had a lot of revelation about the kingdom and could really talk to you about the kingdom. And also I've had, I've been very blessed to have people in my life that not only could that had revelation, but they knew how to flow in the kingdom. They knew how to demonstrate the kingdom and could explain in practical ways how to connect with the kingdom of God. Isn't the Lord good? I mean, so that was a, one of those words that the Lord gave me. And, you know, I would love to get word every day of my life. I wish I did, but those are few and far between, actually, especially when the Lord confirms it. But that was just a... Uh, so I'm, I'm, I wanted to say I'm thankful for that. I'm very thankful that there's been for years of my life that God has done kept his word to me, and he's continued to keep his word to me. But 
you know, there was a time when the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, uh, show us the kingdom. Well, where, where is the kingdom? It's in Luke 17. And Jesus said, listen, the kingdom of God does not come by observation. That's what he said. It does not. People, he says, people are going to say, look here, look there. He said, but that's not the way this thing works. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. In other words, the kingdom of God is not necessarily about a place. It's really not about a place. And that was the thing that was really in my life where I was, the road I was going down, I was looking for something physical. I was looking for some, a place where I could actually put my hands on the kingdom of God. But it's really not, it's more about a realm of authority. It's about a realm of where God rules and reigns. That's, that's really what the kingdom of God is all about. It's about, the, it's about a realm of authority. Do y'all understand? That's a really important thought. Now, this verse here, Colossians 1.13, which has really helped me, uh, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into another kingdom. And really that word is unfortunate. This word right here, the word that says power of darkness, that's an unfortunate word they use to translate that, although a lot of translations use that word because uh, in the, in the, a lot of people have this confusion. It seems like the translator had a little bit of confusion, like I know better in translators. <laughs> but there is a confusion between the difference between power and authority. Okay, and the word that they use there, the power of darkness, is uh, actually a word that's used everywhere else in the New Testament for the word authority. Okay, so that's that. I, I don't know if that, that means something. Okay, that really means a lot when you begin to really try to understand the kingdom of God. In other words, God, what, it, what Paul was saying here is, is we have been taken out from under the authority of the devil. Because the devil's realm is a realm of authority and placed into some other realm of authority. We didn't physically go there, but inwardly, we have been put into a different realm of authority. Okay, and so, so in the Greek, uh, I'm really telling y'all some really cool stuff right here. I'm like, I know some real stuff here. Actually, one of the words for authority is an ex- that I love. You know, all authority has been given me is what Jesus said. All authority. Same word they used for, for power there, but it's really authority. But there's the Greek word, there's a Greek word for power. Most of you know this. It's dunamis. It's when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. That's dunamis power. I cannot find one place in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, where dunamis, the power of the Holy Spirit, or that type of power, is used in connection with the devil. There's no place that I personally can find, and I've searched it out, that where the Bible, where the New Testament gives the devil a level of power that he really doesn't have. It's really, it's really the truth. Most of the places where it talks about the devil and what the devil has, like the prince of the power of our, that's, the, uh, that's that word authority, okay? And word, the authority means the freedom and right to act. That's what it literally means. In other words, it means you have a right to, to power, right to use power, okay? Uh, I had, let me explain it like this. Recently, I had this, uh, Matthew Bollinger was telling me about this prophetic word that was given to him. 
and he was explaining the word, and he said, Byron, this word had weight on it. It had authority on it versus those words that don't have this weight. They're hopeful, they're encouraging, but they lack weight. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? And then he really insulted me. Like all those words that you've got all your, your life that were so hopeful. Like, well, I don't get no authority words. Never mind. Y'all didn't get that. Anyways, there's a weight that comes with authority. Let me, let me say it like this, just in case you ain't really got I want you to get this because authority is more. If I'm driving down the road and I'm speeding, okay, you know what I'm saying? Becky may say to me, you're, you're going over the speed limit. And I would say, well, I know that. I'm, you know, I'm good. You know, I do strategic speeding. <laughs> but I don't suggest you speed in Morrisville. I'll tell you that now. If you speed in Morrisville, you'll get a ticket. But there's places you can speed. I kind of know where those places are. You know? So, so Becky can fuss at me. I'm not, I'm just keeping on down the road, baby. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll slow down. But if I look up in my rearview mirror and see a blue light... There's a whole big difference because, see, Becky doesn't have, she don't have the authority that that police officer has. Because that police officer can hit me where it hurts. He can write me a ticket that's going to cost me money. You see, he has, the, he has the authority to exercise power. Okay? That's important for us to know. So we need to be able to understand there's a difference in the, in the New Testament between authority and power. And so we, we have been taken out from under the authority of the devil. Let, I wanted to read this quote. Are y'all following this so far? I want to read this quote by Reinhard Bonnke. Y'all know who Reinhard was? You know, he's with the Lord now, but wow, I was thinking about him recently and how much uh, impactful that this man had. And he passed away, I don't know how long, a year and a half ago maybe, but I was kind of sad that when he passed away, you know, because when I hear about some famous saint or influential person that passes, I want to read about them a little bit and reflect on what they brought to the table. I mean, yeah, wow, this is what they're leaving us, this legacy. But I just love this one thing that Reinhardt said. If you don't know who he is, look him up and just look at some of the pictures of his crusades he did in Africa. If you want to know what a sea of people looks like, there's pictures where as far as the eye can see, it's a sea of human beings as far as the eye can see that he preached to gospel to. Really powerful man, but he said, this is his, what he said. He says, the Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion. He comes in the darkness and tries to frighten the children of God with his mighty roar. But when you switch on the light of the word of God, you discover that there is no lion. There's only a mouse with a microphone. <laughs> Isn't that cool? A mouse with a microphone. The devil is an imposter. Got it? That's what, that's the devil. And I really believe there's so much truth to that. And what we had to really begin and see how the devil gets us is that we've been taken out of his realm of authority, but... Like he says, he roars in the darkness. He plants lies to us. And when we begin to accept those lies, when we begin to believe those things, we are allowing the devil's authority to have influence on us. And that's, that's how he really works. He really has no authority on you as a believer. 
You're in Christ. The devil doesn't have that authority. But we, like from the beginning, it's no different when Adam and Eve did their thing in the garden. They turned over everything to the devil. And that's why Christ came. He came to get all that back. And it's all been given back to us. The devil's been defeated, but we have to, there's an outworking of that. And the big part of the outworking is in our little brains of what we listen to, what we believe, you know, that really you know, helps us to get free. We're already free, but, but to step into our freedom, you know, and walk in our freedom and not allow the devil to have his way and, you know, abuse people like he does. And so that's, that's really uh, important. So of, I think we've said this before, is, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done. In the Greek, again, I'm giving you all some fancy stuff here this morning, like I know the Greek. I don't know anything. Other people know this. It's in the imperative mood. I thought it was a mode, but it's actually mood. It's really a command. Jesus was teaching us to, to give a command. He wasn't asking your, listen, Jesus wasn't saying your kingdom come. The king's standing right there. He wasn't trying to get something. He was trying to get us to see that the kingdom of God, this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, is not just about us, God, to interject himself into our situation, but it's about us interjecting ourselves with God into the situation. You hear that? That your kingdom come is us agreeing with God when we begin to declare that, that we're becoming the co-laborers with God to bring his kingdom into the earth. That's what that literally means. That's what that, when those people heard that that day, they understood very well that Jesus was saying, part of your job is to bring the kingdom. And, and that's what you do is you begin to declare it. You begin to command the kingdom into situations. Because you're part of the kingdom. You're part of this thing. You're, you've been delegated authority. Authority has been delegated to us by Christ. Am I talking to anybody this morning? And so that's really why it's such a vital prayer. It, and, you know, for years I thought it was trying to get the kingdom. It, it's trying to get something we already had. That's kind of a waste. It's a waste, a waste of your time to pray like that. You need to declare from a position that you already have it. And that's really, really the cool thing. So the Lord really is wanting us to know that we're wanting God to intervene. And he's saying, I need you to intervene. I gave you the great commission. I came and intervened some to show you how to intervene. Now let's intervene together with the Holy Ghost. Let's get that uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let's get that power working on us. And let's intervene together in the world you live in. And I think when we begin to see that, we can begin to become more functional in doing what God's called us to do, whatever it looks like in your particular life. So let me hurry up here. Um, years ago, I'm not sure who originally coined this phrase, but I think Bill Johnson made it popular. Uh, it's nothing happens in the kingdom of God until something is spoken. And if you think about that, that's a really a, an amazing biblical term. Let me say it. Nothing happens in the kingdom of God until something is spoken. That's how God, remember I told you there's basically three ways we bring the kingdom. One is, is through the prayer, declaration. Uh, two is through the preaching, that's speaking. And the third would, would be doing the works of the kingdom. Okay. 
So for those in this room that are not familiar with this, most of you are, but we have to be careful we don't assume stuff these days, right? Um, there are two different Greek words. Again, I'm giving you more Greek this morning. Yeah. There are two different Greek words used in the New Testament that to describe the Word of God, how the Word of God comes to us. Uh, one of them, of course, is logos, okay? And that would be, the, that means the written Word of God. That means, which literally is a collection of God's thought. Uh, an example of that is John 1, 1. It's, it's, in the beginning was the Word. That's in the beginning was the written Word. In the beginning was Christ, who is the Word, be, became flesh. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The, and so that's, and that is the, I think 330-something times that actually appears in the New Testament, the word logos for where, where you read word. The other one is rhema. Most Pentecostal people know that, don't you? I mean, we all love rhema. Yay? I do. That's the spoken word of the Lord. That's, uh, I think, 68, 70 times it appears. One of the more famous ones is, well, there's two that I love. One is man does not live by on bread alone, but by every word, rhema, spoken word, that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, that's the basic basis of a supernatural life, is rhema words, having revelation from God. Okay, and the, but the other one is powerful too, is in dealing with the devil, is uh, it says in free Ephesians, I think 10, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema word of God. Okay, that's, that's what it means there. The sword is the rhema, the spoken, the revelatory word. That's how we deal with the devil when he comes at us. So when Jesus was in the desert, okay, remember that? When he got in the desert and the devil was tempting him, he was using the written word, but when he spoke it, the written word became a rhema word. Okay, and that's how he was able to shut the devil down. You can't just mindlessly quote scriptures. That doesn't work because the whole entire Bible is based on a relationship. Okay? It's based on having this communion with God and hearing from God. I can't say, are y'all okay? Because I was told, if you don't stop, you're dead. I'm asking myself if I'm okay. All right, let me read this right quick. I gotta, I'm going to get done, y'all. All right, I wanted this. This is such a cool thing for me. Dual witnesses, Mount of Transfiguration, right? Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. He brings three of his buddies with him. And then suddenly Moses, and Jesus is transformed. He is glorious. The real, wow, the real Jesus is there. Have you ever thought about that story? What that would have been like at that moment. Like, all of a sudden, Jesus, the normal-looking guy, you know, the dusty, you know, you know, wrinkled, probably worn, you know, sand-beaten Jesus. And all of a sudden, he's gl the glorious Jesus appears. And you're there uh, experiencing this glorious Jesus and everything in that moment that he said and everything that you'd ever dreamed of as a Hebrew became alive in you. Can you just imagine how they felt? I mean, it had to be like the fire of God came down on them. And it said in the Bible, it says that Moses and Elijah actually shows up. And if you're a good Hebrew boy, there's Moses and Elijah, two of the greatest heroes in all the Bible. 
They're the Jesus is glorified. You're on top of the world, right? I mean, you are on top. I would be on top of the world. It's like heaven has come. This is it. We're going to take the Romans out, right? Well, that's not the point here. I want But, you know, most everybody says this. Moses represents the law, right? Because Moses gave the law. Elijah represents the prophets because he was the most powerful prophet, you know, in the Bible. Really, he was the most powerful prophet. But really what it is, this is the dual witness. It's the Moses is the Logos. You see this? Elijah is the Rhema. Are y'all following that? And if you look at the scriptures, Jesus told the Sadducees when they were arguing about, you know, whose brother is going to have the wife that seven brothers married. And he says, you're in error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. You don't know the Logos or the Rhema. You know, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians, my preaching of the gospel did not come to you in Logos only, but also in power, also in rhema, also in anointing. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, okay? But he didn't disavow the scriptures. Are y'all following this? I hope you are. Okay, so I believe that's really important for us to really see that that we are called to co-labor, okay, with the Lord. We're called to co-labor, bring in the, the, the Logos, and, and we're to be people of the Logos, and we're to be, be people of the Rhema Word of God. Louise prayed for us that this morning, that we'd begin to receive revelation. And, okay, I'm thinking y'all were checking out on me. Are you? Okay. All right, now I'm going to finish here. I want to read this one story, uh, Luke. I know I'm going fast, but Luke chapter 7. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Uh, not my most favorite, but it's about uh, Jesus healing the centurion's servant. And this is what's important here. I think this story reveals how we can become a co-laborer. Because what I see, I, what I see, uh, you know, lots of times this is about the great faith, okay? The great, and so when you read it, you tend to really dial in on the faith part. I do, like, oh, great faith. There's two people in the Bible Jesus said had great faith, and here's one of them. And so I begin to get caught up into the, the realm of faith, which is really good, but there's a lot more going on there. What you see in this thing is this centurion anticipated with Jesus in getting his friend healed. And it's really a real great example of how God wants us to work with him to bring his kingdom. Did that make sense? So, and it says, a certain centurion servant who was dear to him. Anybody got anybody dear to them that's sick? You know, that speaks to me. He was sick and ready to die. That was the situation. The guy was going to die. So, so the centurion was really desperate. And you know, a centurion was a Roman soldier, okay? That's what he was. He was a, a, like a sergeant or something uh, in the, you know, equivalent to a sergeant. So he was a guy who had, you know, power. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent the elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. Kind of sounds like what we do, right? When we pray for people, Lord, heal them. You know, especially if somebody we, gosh, I have pled over a lot of people. I've pled over dead people, you know, for the Lord to bring them back. You know, I, I mean, I'd 
think we all could really identify, you know, with this, desiring to see God do something, you know, um, totally put yourself in the shoes of this man. And, and when they, being the elders, uh, came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. Uh, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. So I think that's really a key thing is he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. I think one of the keys really is when we're gonna, if we're going to really flow in the kingdom of God is having this revelation of, of love. Okay, and, and so this guy had some level of revelation of love because he loved what God loved. You know, and I think that's the thing. It, and, and you see, love, and I don't want to get too far on this, but love, if you really love something or you love somebody, there will be an action that will follow. You can't say, I'm in love with this girl. No man would ever say, oh, I am in love with this girl without trying to, you know, you're going to do something. Your love is a motivator, right? Love is impactful. That's what it says that Jesus had compassion on people. That's love in action. So we have, a revelation of love causes us to love what God loves, and therefore He loved the nation of Israel because God loved the nation of Israel, and He built a synagogue for them. He had the means to do that. So, so I think it's really important for us to really understand if we're going to really flow in the kingdom. Our foundation really is the our Father, the Father, knowing the Father and being loved by the Father. Yeah, it really is so, it's powerful, really, if you think about it. But, so I think that's, you know, why? Because uh, Galatians 5, 6, faith works through love, right? Faith works through love. Faith doesn't work. Faith is energized by love. That's what Galatians 5, 6 says. And if we're going to really move in faith, if we're going to move in an invisible currency, love is a thing that's going to bring energy and life to it. That's, that's one thing I read. He loves the nation, builds the synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself. This is really wild here. For I am, listen, I am not worthy. I'm not worthy. Notice that the elders were saying, hey, look what Jesus has, look what the centurion's done. He deserves for you to act. He deserves it. Well, he's saying, no, I do not deserve for, you, for, for Jesus to do this. I don't deserve this. And see, that's, that's a big key is because a lot of times, unknowingly, we get into this mode of thinking that's based on performance, the kingdom of God is not based on performance. And this guy really seemed to understand that deeply, that it wasn't based on what he did. He wasn't saying to Jesus, come heal my servant because I've done all these wonderful things, you know. But the elders, that's how they function. That's how they operate. They, everything was based on what merit. And so he was saying, no, it's not based on that. I just love this. Yeah, it's really good. See, I think that's important for us to get out from under the performance mentality. I could pray for somebody. There's people I pray for, and I feel in my heart, Lord, they deserve for you to heal them. But then here's what I think. They deserve for you to heal them because of what Jesus did. Not what they did. Not because I love them and care about them. But they really, the whole basis of healing or any kind of 
of God is based on what he's done. Not ba- if it's based on what we've done, we've, we're messed up. Some of us are real messed up because we ain't done nothing. You know, so I'm good to say, I'll get in the I, don't, I ain't done nothing group. I ain't done nothing except believe. If I believe and trust. Come on, y'all. Yeah. Yes. Lord, don't trouble yourself for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I will not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say, everybody say, say. Say the word. Say the word and my servant will be healed. I'm going to come right back to that just for a second. For listen to this. For I also am a man placed under authority. Remember what I was talking about authority? Well, I'm a man under authority. I'm a man who has relationship with authority. I have soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. So, so here's the, the really cool thing about authority. In the kingdom of God, authority is not just based on principle or formula. We can make it that. It's based on relationship. This guy said... I've got people under me. I've got a connection with these people, but I also have people over me that I have a connection. He, as a military, military people understand authority, right? They know when somebody high up gives a command, it's done. It's just as good as done. They don't question it because they know if they do question it, they're doomed, right? They're going to jail or they're going to get themselves killed. And so he had this revelation of authority working in his life. And therefore, he was able to tap in to Jesus' authority. And that's how he got the healing, because of the revelation of authority. That he understood how authority works, and he said, Jesus, you don't have to come. Just say, you know what that word word means? Just say the Logos. That's what it means. Just say it. That's all you've got to do, Lord. If you will say it, that word logos will become a rhema, living, anointed, powerful word in his mouth. When he said it, that's why he said, you've got to say it, Lord. You've got to just say it. If you'll just say it, my servant will be healed. Are y'all getting this? And see, God wants to bring us to a place, and we are not there. I am not claiming I am there on any day. But I am saying, Lord, this is where we have to go. We have to go. We have to become people under authority. We have to be under the authority of the Lord. Okay? So the Lord can entrust us with authority because the kingdom authority can do some amazing things. It could do a lot of damage in the wrong hands, right? So let's just stand up, and I'm going to end. Everybody's good. I know you are. You're looking really good. Yes, amen. Yeah. Woo, Lord help. I think I went through fast. I went so fast, I'm out of breath almost. (laughs) I'm asking the Lord to give us hunger for his authority. You know, where we can begin to exercise the authority of the Lord. All authority has been given to me, Jesus said, therefore go. And then he lists all these things that we go on. Part of the big thing was, though, was you got to get the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. 
you just can't go without the power. And the Holy Spirit is the power. He's anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. We need that same anointing working in our life. But we need to you begin to take up this authority and be like this man. So when we pray for somebody, it's like the man saying, Lord, let, speak your word through me. That's how I'm going to release the kingdom. I'm going to take the word of the Lord and I'm going to speak it. And when I speak it, there's going to be some power released. That's where the church has to go if we're going to impact our culture, if we're going to bring the people into the kingdom, right? All those things that we want to see happen, all the shifts we want to see happen. We've got to get this authority flowing, uh, ecclesia, the name of the church, government. You know, we're not even functioning as government. We're, we're more... We're still in the, you know, the hangout mode. God will make the church an ecclesia in the earth, but I'll tell you, it'll cause some trouble, right? But I'm not going there, but I'm just saying that's where all these kinds of things lead us. You know, we're trying to be something sometimes where we don't even have this foundation under us. So, Lord, we're asking you this morning, Father, thank you, Lord, for uh, prophetic words this morning. Thank you for testimonies and about the children to being baptized and being touched and Lord we just pray more Lord everybody say more Lord do more Lord there's so many more children out there that need help Father I'm asking you uh, mm, Lord for those in this room who really the truth is you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit if you haven't been and we can argue about what that means when that happens, but I'll tell you this. We will not be able to do the works of the kingdom without being filled with the Holy Ghost. That's a given. Jesus said, wait until you're clothed with power from on high. Wait until you're clothed with power on high. This is after he had already breathed the Holy Spirit into him. Receive the Holy Spirit, get immersed in the Holy Spirit. It releases the power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. That's what this whole thing is about. And we need that release to be able to do the works of the kingdom. We need to begin to be people under authority. We need to ask the Lord, Lord, I need to be under authority. I need to be under your authority. And I need to be able to learn how to use your authority. Father, we're asking you to do that. Raise your hand if you would like the Lord to do any of this. Just ask him. You have to ask him yourself. Lord, I just ask you for the impartation today of your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives, Lord. We're asking, we're, we're calling it forth, Lord. We're calling forth for the kingdom to come and function in our lives, in our homes, in our circumstances, situations, jobs. Our nation needs to see a genuine, a true manifestation of your kingdom. Lord, we don't need all this other stuff. We need your power to come into our nation. We need your purpose to come. We need your wisdom to be released into places. We need to know how to answer when we're, when we're called into question for what we believe. We need to give an answer that has power on it. We're asking you, Lord, for the rhema word of God. We're asking you to release it in us. We're asking for that very powerful Logos word that would just burn in our hearts, Lord. Lord, do it. Do it, Lord. You ask the Lord. You, your mouth. What You ask the Lord what you want. If you want any of this, you say it yourself. You say, Lord, I want this. I want this kingdom of God come. I want this authority of yours. I want to flow in this. I'm not going to be satisfied without it in the name of Jesus. Just stand here a minute. Luis, come up here. We're going to get you to pray for the sick right quick.
why he's coming. One of the things I was just feeling this morning about the sick, where the place for the enemy has really come in on our minds, let him have authority. If you have chronic illness, that you need to not call that thing mine. You need to say it's an it, but it is not mine. And I believe that is a way the enemy has talked us into sickness and illness when we begin owning it. It is not mine. And so I just felt that this morning that if you have a chronic illness, and I've unfortunately had a woman on an airplane to give me that word when I was talking about my illness. And she said, you need to stop calling it mine and call it it. And so I released it right then. I felt convicted. And so right now, I just believe that's a place where the, we've accepted the enemy's authority. And we need to right now, if you have something you deal with ongoing, you need to say, it's not mine. I disown that thing. And I begin calling it it. It doesn't mean you're not still dealing with it, but it is not yours. You don't own it. It is not yours. So right now, I want you to confess that if you're dealing with it and you're going to get free from it. Amen. All right. Well, I think that was more than enough right there. So I don't know what else I'm going to do now. But, (laughs) oh, yeah, thanks, Maya. The ministry team, if you want to come up here to help pray for people, please go ahead and start coming. Start coming. And as you come, pray for words of knowledge. You know, and if if anybody that is experiencing sickness in your body, come up here and get prayed for. You know, just just leave that thing at the foot of the cross right now. And then, all right, so if anybody wants to actually be prayed for, come up here and be prayed for. If you have somebody at home or somebody that you know that needs prayer, come and agree with the ministry team and pray with them for that person. As we were hearing, the intercession has power. Y'all, I mean, that's when things happen, when we agree and we go to Jesus. So let's pray. Lord, we just, we just pray right now. I'm going to end, I'm going to pray this prayer over you, over the church, and then you can come and receive prayer. If your finances need healing, then you need to come up here. If you have emotional issues that you need healing in the area of um, mind, come up here. We pray for you, okay? So, Lord, we just, we just pray in the name of Jesus. And I'm getting this right now. There are some people that are stuck if you feel you're stuck in the Lord, that you don't know where you're going, and you like, Lord, I need to get that purpose back into my spirit. This is the time. Let's pray with me right now. Ask the Lord to give you vision, to give you a dream, to show you what you need to do or to inspire you. Because there is, let me tell you, let us, the Holy Spirit is moving. So, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you did with the children, for the salvation that happened in this church for those that came and we're receiving the Holy Spirit. We're receiving Jesus for the first time. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling financially in this church. We pray for debt that we... 
Lord, we come against that in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that there will be healing in the bank accounts. Lord, we pray for opportunities, for new job, for increase in the church so that the kingdom work can be done in the name of Jesus. Lord, right now, we pray for healing of the mind. We pray in the name of Jesus. We break the commission of the enemy over the minds of people. Right now, if you have been diagnosed with some issue in the mind, I bind that in the name of Jesus. And I pray that the kingdom diagnosed will be releasing to you, which is healing. It's a whole mind. It's that you will be set free to speak the truth in love. Lord, we, we pray for healing of the heart. We pray for pancreas. We pray for digestive systems right now. They will be set free. If you're suffering with diabetes, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, we break the power of diabetes over people right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And I pray for a prophetic increase over your life, for dreams and visions of the night. I pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and your home and your job and that you can release the atmosphere of the kingdom. Lord, I pray for reconciliation among family members, for forgiveness, for restoration in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing up front. Thank you, Jesus. Sure. Um, just as a quick faith builder, uh, I've been dealing with uh, shoulder pain. I made, I dove for a frisbee. I had no business diving for, and my shoulder has been hurting me for well over a month. And uh, I figured I was going to need surgery or something to get better, but I felt really prompted by the Lord last week to come up for prayer. And Maya prayed for me, and the Lord healed my shoulder. I have no pain. So I just, I just want to give that as a testimony. You know, Lord, Lord, do it again. He loves to heal people. So if you've got something you've been dealing with, get it prayed for. Uh, also, something, uh, something else with this. Um, when Luis was praying about healing of finances, the, I was getting a sense that the Lord is wanting to release creativity in the realm of entrepreneurship. All right? So, so a healing of mindset in that regard. I feel like the Lord's wanting to release that right now. Okay? So, Lord, just release your creativity in the entrepreneurial realm, whatever that looks like, God. Whatever that looks like. Thank you, Lord. You are the creator of the universe. You are the author of all creativity, including business, including economy, including finances. Thank you, Lord.